Welcome to First Thought Backstage at Galway International Arts Festival. I am Paul Fahey, Artistic Director of the Festival, and in this series we get to sit down with theatre makers at Festival 2022 to discuss the ideas behind and the making of their shows. You can listen back to all episodes via GIAF.ie or find First Thought Backstage on any podcast platform. First Thought is presented in association with University of Galway. Hello, I'm Charlotte McIver here from NUI Galway's Drama and Theatre Studies and I'm talking with the cast of From a Low and Quiet Sea, the new adaptation of Donal Ryan's novel by Decadent Theatre and the Galway Arts Centre. I'll be joined by director Andrew Flynn, Esof Afsal, Dara O'Toole, Mae Fitzgerald and Lorcan Kranich. And if you listen extra closely, you'll hear a surprise appearance by novelist Donal Ryan. very welcome. I think you probably need no introduction to this crowd here. Um, so this has not been your first outing with the work of Donal Ryan. Do you want to talk to us about Decadent's relationship to Donal and your journey with this work? I know Donal a long time. I knew his sister before I knew Donal. <laughs> his sister Mary, who, I, who I, I, I asked it slow dance one night, but she said no. <laughs> I was too tall, she told me. Um, so I know Donald a long time. And um, I didn't know Donald wrote books, to be honest with you. Um, and I was working in the art centre. And Danny Gill said to me, I've read this book called The Spinning Heart. And it's by a lad from Nina. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah. And I read it. And uh, I was... Um, how would I put it? I was just blown away um, by the book, of course. But the minute I read the book, I, I instantly knew the landscape. I knew... I can't explain it. Everything. Uh, he writes in a way that... Um, he creates characters. And I'm talking, like, in Nina, for example, people drive in a certain way. And in that book... He captures a lad saluting in a car that I instantly recognised in his words. And I was completely blown away. And then I was handed a second book, which was his first book, but second published book. And that just... um, Yeah, it made me cry, it made me laugh, it made me do everything. And, uh, yeah, I can't describe it. I just knew... He writes characters and he writes in a language that I understood or instantly knew. I grew up in a pub, so um, I had this, um, I was compelled to try and do it and I probably harassed him and harangued him and put him under an awful lot of pressure. But eventually he trusted us with it and we, 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 we staged it in 2019 and uh, that was the thing about December, and had huge plans to tour it, and then, of course, COVID kicked. So it was during the pandemic I approached Donald again and said, look, um, what about this next book? Um, And he was so generous, and he just said, away you go. And um, here we are tonight, but it's about nearly a year ago now, Donald, we, we, we gathered in Longford, I think, to to hear it first Mm -hmm. and at that point there were six characters in the play and um, 
it was probably four and a half hours long. <laughs> um, uh, and we've been at it kind of ever since, mm. uh, trying to distill it. And that was the... Uh, this is his work, and he's the most humble man I've ever met. He will say this has nothing to do with him, it's everything to do with Donal. Because he has imagined these characters, he has given them a voice, he has created a plot. All I've done with the actors, and the actors... Oh, They've done a hell of a lot more of it than me. Have um, and it was hard because you had to say goodbye to so much stuff that you're reading and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and you're like, but we can't do a four and a half hour play. Um, so it, the the job was literally to distill it mm. and to 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 cut, which was heartbreaking. And I said to someone the other day, you you probably don't have another play with the stuff we had to take away. Just, you know, we just had to. Um, and that was really, but it is completely his work. And it's his play. And no matter how he says it's not, it is done. <laughs> it's from your, from your mind and your imagination you've created these characters. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone could just introduce themselves and the role that you played in the play. So we'll start with... So my name... Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for, for coming along and for staying on for this. My name is Osaf Afzal, and I played Farouk. Um, my name is Dara O'Toole, and I played Lampy. Thanks for coming. And, uh, I'm Lord Paris, I played John. Well, fantastic. So we were just speaking about the process of adapting the novel into the play, and Andrew was taking us into the, the collaborative relationship with Donald from the beginning, and then going from four and a half hours to the brilliant two hours that we were part of tonight. So in those moments of decision in the rehearsal room, Andrew, in terms of where was the moment to make the cut, distilling down, was that something that was happening between you and Donal or across the ensemble of actors as well? It was a long process. Like It, it was very much a collaborative thing. And, um, like, the actors, it's a, it's a strange, you know, you, you read this at home and you, you, you kind of go, oh, this is wonderful. And then the actors come in and they, they breathe life into a thing. And that's when the real process began. Mm -hmm. And they were, oh, hello, Maeve. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was ex extremely, I mean... We all, they, they were painstakingly, at times, I found it hard because they'd be like, you know, what's this line? And I don't know what this, and you feel like, oh, that's, it's, and it wasn't. It was, it was, it was hard to describe. We had to just cut, 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 mm -hmm. and felt guilty about cutting. Mm -hmm. And the process was, but the actors were painstakingly, they wanted the truth, mm -hmm. but they also knew it had to be distilled down to work theatrically, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a huge collaborative push, and it was before the rehearsals, it was during the rehearsals, it was, um, yeah, you know, and I'm sure if we went at it again tomorrow, we'd probably... So for the four of you as an ensemble, you know, the play moves, around, moves along on parallel tracks throughout and then builds to this very climactic series of distilled moments between the four of you. What was it like, I suppose, building ensemble across the four of you when, for so much of the play, it was you alone on stage, holding the space, holding the story? Were you coming in and out of the rehearsal room alone? Were you in there together? 
We rehearsed um, together briefly at the beginning, didn't we? We, we had a mm. few sort of workshop meetings together. And then um, we barely saw each other, to be honest with you. Uh, it's the first time I've seen him. But um, that is not unuseful because, because stuff was changing all the time with the text, things were being refined. Every time we'd come in and watch somebody else's run, it was like seeing it for the first time, which is kind of magic. And um, because each of these characters are telling their own version of the same story, it was actually quite useful not to be completely immersed in everybody else's story all the time, you know? Um, But it's certainly weird doing a play so much in isolation. It's very, uh, I, I mean, my experience was, was kind of, uh, it was exactly that, but it was slightly different in that for I think most of the last portion of the rehearsals, um, Maeve and, uh, and Osaf were here in, in Galway, I was in, I was in Dublin. Mm. And, you know, it was even more isolated in that way. Um, and I was, very desperate to know how the hell it was going, you know, down in uh, down in Galway. How was that whole earth going? And and um, so that was kind of odd. But it was, because they are monologues, you are trying, as as Andrew said, to to you know keep an eye and make the make the thread of the story work. And that's what you would do, I suppose, you know, with a with a character. Anyway, really, it's just to keep the the truth of the character. But um, I was also really desperate to find out what what else, what everybody else was doing and how it felt, and I was glad that I came down sooner than I that we were that I was supposed to. But one thing that I, that I have discovered is what I find difficult is the power of the other stories. I hear them before I come on, mm-hmm. and I get affect. I actually get affected by them in a way that you wouldn't normally do in a play. You know, there's, you're, you're doing a, if you're doing scenes in a play that follow on from what's, or, or you've got a place that you've come from and you bring to the stage. But, uh, I mean, um, Farouk's story is so powerful just before my, I find that personally as a, as a part of the but it's kind of separate, it's having to shut that out. Mm. Which is really, really tricky. I'll, I'll play it for laughs next time. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll try and inject some comedy well, into his delivery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but there was a funny, like, I, I came to it with a preconceived notion that, you know, because I had done plays like this before, it was like, I don't know, it's grand. We'll, we'll all just come on at the start and we'll just be up in the shadows and we'll come on. And we tried that and it was just bizarre because it was like they can't hear each other's stories because mm-hmm. they're not... They don't know, like, Lampy doesn't know John exists. Right. He doesn't really engage with Farouk. And I, like, I kid you not, four weeks ago there were six actors in this play. Mm. Like Mrs. Coyne was a character. Uh, uh, D- D- Pop was a character. Mm. And the more we went through it, the more it was like, th- this is not going to... Th- the play had three main stories. And it was like we were bringing three actors in. So at that point, mm-hmm. we had three characters coming on in Act 2 to bring it together and it was during a workshop one day it was like we can't do that it's it's it, it was strange and didn't quite work so then we had to go back and find a way and Florence was the person that we felt is actually connected to all three characters mm. 
So she, it, it became, I suppose the job became trying to find a voice for Florence. And Donal has done that in the, in the novel, but in the kind of latter end. Mm. So we had Florence number two, and then it was like, well, how are we going to find Florence number one? And, 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 and it came from a lot of Lampy stuff, mm. or pop stuff yeah. from, the, from the book, where it, 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 you know, she took some of Lampy stuff. And I suppose that was the other challenge was f- for Dara. In the book, Donal is kind of the outside view, and Lampy is being described by Donal. So the poetry of Lampy is very beautiful in the book. But when Dara spoke it, it was like, is he that? poetic as a young lad mm. so a lot of it became about trying to make it mm. to unpoeticize this really beautiful language to make it real in Lampy's hands and it helps that he's got a Midlands accent <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pretend I was American and make it much yeah. more impressive <laughs> and so Dara what was it like for you to, fo- to follow through that transformation of the character as written in the rehearsal process yeah I mean it was amazing um, this is actually my first professional stage production, so... Um, so, you know, working, working with Andrew, it was... It's just I gave amazing. you a fiver earlier. I want to keep it coming. And, um, no, but working with Andrew has been great. He's promised you know. me a tenor to say nice things. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, working with Andrew has been great, and, I mean... I genuinely don't think I could have got a safer pair of hands to to go into a rehearsal room and learn everything kind of about stage and the stagecraft and, and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, and he's totally open to to your suggestions. There's no ego. So it's it's for me, it's just been a really collaborative, brilliant process um, to to go through. You know. Yeah. And so, so I understand you were almost not in this show. So tell us the story of oh how you God. came into the production. I, I think if, if Andrew would allow me to say, it was, yeah. it was just a slight misreading of, of an email, I think. Um, you looked for too much money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was sent the script um, in, this would have been around early May, and I was just, I loved it. You know, this is fantastic. And I said to my agent, you know, I want to, I want to do this. And, and my age, I had two days filming that I had to do in um, uh, late June in London. Mm-hmm. So my agent emailed Andrew and said, it's all good for the whole uh, rehearsal process and the, um, and, and the run itself. There's just two days in, in, in late June where he'll need to fly back to London. Mm-hmm. And I think, I feel bad actually having brought this up now because it, I think it was just a slight misunderstanding. I think Andrew misread the June for July. And thought that I'm saying that I need to be away during the run, which obviously doesn't work. Um, so we were told, no, don't, don't worry about it, don't, don't bother. And I, oh, it's gutty. You know? and, um, and then obviously you put these things then out of your mind, and, and then about two, three weeks passed. And then luckily, I think Andrew went back to the uh, email and it said, is. oh, yeah, if it's June, then it's fine. Um, but you understandably, he, he did need to, to fill the role quickly. And so it was a case of I had to get an audition tape in like yesterday. Um, so I remember getting up at four in the morning, going through the script again, because I haven't had to look at it for three weeks, because I'd assumed that you know, it's, it's an opportunity that's gone. Got up at four in the morning, went through the script, made, made a tape, sent it to Andrew, and bless him, he got back to me literally a, like an hour later, yeah. saying, right, I want to make this work, I'm getting in touch with your agent now. And then a few days later, I was on a plane to Galway. 
What you don't know is that when I read the email, it was at the same time as I realised the cast was reducing from six actors to four. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, we have so much work to do in this text. And I just looked and went, oh, Jesus, he's not free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, I, I don't know what made me go back, but the feather dropped. And yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that's apt, and I bring up that story because it, it's hard to imagine other actors in these characters. So, you know, how did, so you, and this is Dara's premiere, we had this misadventure here. How did you know that these were the souls for these roles? Um, well, I've worked with Maeve a lot. I've tried to work with Lorcan a lot, but he's not easy yet. <laughs> um, Dara, funnily about that is um, this time last year we were lining up a workshop and I asked Dara to do it, but he wasn't free. Um, Maeve was and, and, and Lorcan was. I didn't know Osaf and, uh, and it was, at the time it was like, who am I going to get to, to read this? It was just a, it was a workshop and we had a 24-year-old uh, man from Belfast who was, I think, of maybe Egyptian mm. um, extraction. Read, and he was way too young to, for, that, you know, to, for the part. But it was just to get some kind of a, a, an authentic voice reading. Mm. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. They, they, when I read the play, they were the first names that kind of came to me. And thankfully, when I sent them the script, you know, and at that point it was... It was, I mean, I began by editing, and I think I probably sent them half the book, if I'm honest. Like, <laughs> the edit was not a mu much of an edit at all. Mm. And um, when they sat down and read the play, and they were brilliant in the, in the work. Actors, you can't, uh, it's hard to describe what an actor can achieve in a look, what you sometimes have to write. You know, where you don't have the actor, so Donald might write a passage, but they can get it in an emotion or a look or a feeling. And like what the process has taught me is I can edit away at home on a laptop all I want. Without them, you're, it's, a, it's a pointless exercise, really. And um, that first day in Longford, it was, our, both our minds were blown because what the actors brought to the process was just extraordinary. And I think we definitely knew at that point, okay, we have something here. Um, and you know, Donald went away and I went away and I think Maeve got a lot of emails with stuff coming over and back and then it was like we need to do another workshop which we did and then when we got to rehearsals the process started again and everyone was just on board to you know and was so giving in terms of I don't know if we need that line and you know and because Donald was generous you know, he really was. There was no preciousness. There was no, you can't do that. You, he was completely, he just let us go. Um, but as I said earlier, it's all his, like, we've been editing. And that was what was really difficult. Like, that's, I can't describe. Larkin Cranich cried one day, literally, because he was like, I don't want to let go of that line. <laughs> you know, and I had cut one line, for example, which I had cut. And I go, Larkin, we don't need the line. We don't need it. And he, and he fought me on it, and he was right. And it's that line in his second monologue, there was a smell of Pond's cream and onions. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
it just hits you like a sledgehammer when you paraphrase it wrong and you realise the words that don't actually chills. And you think, oh, there's just, you know, it, it makes it so much more beautiful than anything you'll ever come up with off the top of your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're, well, you know, the way you're kind of graphing for, for the right lines sometimes. But to be honest with you, I hadn't known the novel before. I've known um, the thing about December, but I have, but I haven't known this one. And I, when we read it, the, 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 the drafts that you gave, it was just beautiful. And you just, you, you, you can't, You've got to be absolutely as, as bang on with it because Donald has, and it's it's poetic in its choices. Really. I, I absolutely second that. It's it's hard to, to describe really. There's there's such a pleasure that certainly I get as an actor, and I'm, I'm sure I speak for everybody. There's a pleasure in saying these words, even as as hard and as harsh as some of some of the storylines can be. Yeah. It's the eloquence and the beauty of the the language. Is what I, I love it. Yeah, I just yeah. saying those words. It, mm. It's 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 this wonderful experience. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, just no. They're just such wonderfully rounded characters. I think mm, that's yeah. why you get to bring them on a journey. And you know, what Lampy, it's it's everything. It's the good. It's the bad. It's the imperf- imperfection. And it's 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 human. You know, it's it's, it's really enjoyable to play that. Like, I just put in for a second, please, if you don't mind, just say thanks, guys. I just think that you're absolutely astonishing. Um, and there's nothing as magical or as gratifying or as just incredible for me um, to see characters mid-flesh by you guys. I mean, I just think what you do is just absolutely unbelievable. And Andrew, um, gives me far too much credit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I don't want to at all. It's just an absolute knowledge and certainty that Andrew would do an unbelievable job like he always does. Um, and I, I feel such guilt because I held up the first play that Andrew um, made from one of my books for, for years by being stubborn. But now I can back off it. <laughs> my book. <laughs> but now I know. Um, and I should have known, in fairness. And I did know deep down that Andrew would do an incredible job. And he doesn't know himself the skill and the artistry and talent he holds in himself. And he doesn't know what he does and how great it is. You know, um, so just th- thanks, guys. That's all I can say to you, really. Thank you. To a close, do we have any questions or comments from the audience? And thank you so much for staying um, to be in dialogue here. Can I just say, I'm knocked out by one of the main props being that feather that I was told to make sure I never be knocked blind. Thank you. Can I just ask, with, um, I've worked an awful lot with people's real stories in theatre, and there's often um, a real challenge between the storytelling and the acting kind of that uh, balance and that nuance just how did you cope with that as actors because it was like, like having read the book um, and Don's other books like you a the direction was spot on because it was you really um captured the spirit of the storytelling of the book used the language to the to the best you didn't need to embellish it you trusted what was there and the actors it's a big job to trust the language. And I think what you were saying, Lorcan, about being spot on, because actors do paraphrase wildly sometimes. <laughs> um, and so just that challenge of the discipline of actually learning the lines. Like, how, how did that work? Or how did you find it? I don't know. Like, I, I found it um, 
you know, great because the writing is so good um, and you're discussing it, you're understanding the motivation, the emotion behind it and, you know, Andrew's giving you all the substance and, and, and to me it just, as long as you put the work in, it was going to come and, yeah. They, they all, like, cared so much that it was accurate. Uh, they left no stone unturned and that was work that wasn't that was work they did themselves uh, you know we used Tara Finn is somewhere in the background but she ran lines with Osaf and, and, and Dara and there was a gorgeous girl called Kira who ran lines with Larkin and Maeve um, but that was their like and, I, and any actor I've ever worked with there's a determination to get that right mm-hmm. and that's Mm. It's it's a, it's vital in a way, mm. to to you know when it's well written when it's really well written. Yeah. But it can be overacted sometimes, and I think what was absolutely stunning tonight was it wasn't. So so on that sorry, because I remember Maeve and I were talking about this earlier. Um, it's a case that you just let the words take you yeah, places. Exactly, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. You let the words take you to places, and sometimes that'll be very subtle and soft. Other times it will be it'll be big and emotive. But it's the words that are in a sense doing the talking for you. There's a, there's a, there's a, one of my favourite phrases about it, I think, is that Sanders, Stephen Boyle, um, he says he's, you know, he's tall, te- tall, tender towards lanky, but he hasn't the full of himself yet. God, <laughs> 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 I don't know where you get that from. It's just, you can't, there's no other way of saying it. Yeah. That was about that, me. That was about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think you have the full of yourself. And that, now. Now, Larkin, now. <laughs> Didn't then. That, that kind of work sort of gives you the thing so that when you actually have to give that person uh, any kind of voice or sound, you don't need to do that much. And I, the one question that we did more worry about because, um, sorry, in the case of John, he's not, he's just, you know, He's had a lot of a, a lot of life. He's had a lot of dividends. He's actually dead. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? He is in, in terms of the, the actual story. He's dead at this point. But the the if he in, in sort of creating the other characters in in his version of the story, um, I kind of felt I have to be careful about how accurate uh, an impression or impersonation of that person is because John isn't an actor. Do you know, so you just have to <laughs> balance with what you've yeah. told about who he is, mm-hmm. and let you guys do the rest of who. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So we might close with a question for Maeve actually, because we've talked about your character as the linchpin, pulling all three stories together, as well as in translating the novel to the play, the character that needed filling out creation, maybe in slightly different ways. Yeah. For you being in that role, telling her story, what's the most powerful part of her story for you, or playing the character? Oh God, I mean the thing that strikes me about Florence the most is that is survivor's guilt, which is a very potent thing. And I think, it's, I think that is actually something that links all of them. I think that she is the sort of the centre point of the Farouk has survivor's guilt from his, his, his family. Um, and John does from, obviously, Javier, as does, as does Florence. Um, 
it, it's, it, what's, what's great for Florence is that the three main people in Florence's life that she talks about, I actually have them <laughs> like in my peripheral vision. So I don't have to do that much making up or imagining. They're there. So that's, I'm lucky, I'm very lucky in that the only person I we have to imagine really is Pop. I have to imagine is Pop, but like, I'm imagining all of these three men when I'm talking about these, these men, and that's, I feel really lucky that I can do that. So just one thing to add, because well, from what you're saying there, because although, yes, the, the story has, uh, the, the play has harrowing stories or, uh, and so on, I feel it ends, it's like a happy ending, if you'll bear with me for a moment, because, you know, John is seeking forgiveness and penitence, and that's a big change for him, and that's a positive change. You know, Lampy has, has kind of wrestled with his demons and is looking at, and has a new outlook on, on life. Florence and, and Farouk kind of have each other, perhaps. You know, there's, there's hope that things uh, might be better for them going forward. So, so I'm sort of looking at this, actually, there's a, there's a, there's a happy ending. The big question for Florence is that her dilemma is she, she's looking at her son and she knows she's going to eventually have to tell him who his father is. The main reason for that is that he is, there are traits coming out of him that are biologically passed down from his father, and that is undeniable. Um, and it's causing her son to question things about himself. It's causing him to feel that he doesn't know himself. Florence has been told to keep her mouth closed, so she's been doing what she thought is the right thing. And also, what wants to be gained by telling her son that her father was that his his father was this uh, a, a monster? But I think now that that she makes this connection with Farouk, who is somebody who understands death in a way that nobody else she's ever met before understands death, and understands grief in a way that nobody else that she's met before understands it. She has formed this connection with him. She knows that she could tell him anything and it would be all right. And that's the first time, again, she's ever met someone that she feels that level of safety with. So that's cathartic for her because she will be able to tell Lawrence, she'll be able to tell Farouk, and she will now, at long last, be able to move on from carrying this weight, dragging this weight uh, through her life. So that is why I agree with you, it is a happy ending. And, and Daryl was saying to me, Lampy will be able to go back to McDonald's. That's the. That's where. We should think about adding that. The poster, <laughs> was, the poster was going to be a chicken legend. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, we will thank you again for staying. We will thank the incredible cast and director um, and Donal as well for being here with us. And you may all go to McDonald's every <laughs> night on your merry way. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. For more episodes, visit GIAF.ie or find First Thought backstage on any podcast platform.